What's up, Hyperfast Nation? On this episode of the show, I interviewed an amazing guest who is the Chief Revenue Officer of Breadcrumbs, which is a lead scoring system and company that helps all businesses, including real estate agents, get more revenue by focusing on the most winnable and most profitable clients. Welcome to the show, Jason Reichel. Welcome to the show today, Jason. How are you doing? I'm doing great. We're a little bit of a, in a heat wave here in San Francisco, so I'm uh, uh, in a t-shirt and a ball cap because I'm sweating my ass off. So we'll see how that. Really? Works. What's 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 a heat wave considered in in San Francisco? Like seventy nine eighty. I lived All in right. Texas before. I know I shouldn't be con- uh, complaining, but uh, it's been a long time since I was in school in Austin. So, yeah, Texas and Florida, like that'd be a, a cold day. Like, yeah, I remember. Be, you'd yep. be breaking out your hoodies. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, awesome. Well, before we dive in to CRMs and you know how you, how you can use technology to expand your real estate business, especially if you're building a team. Why don't you give our listeners a little bit of background on who you are and how you got to where you are today? Sure. My name is Jason Reichel, and right now I'm the CRO of a company called Breadcrumbs, um, which we'll talk about quite a bit during this episode because Breadcrumb really allows you to prioritize your prospects that are engaging with your content. Um, and really important, I think, when we talk about things like in real estate around recency and frequency of people engaging with content, looking at property listings and all of that kind of stuff. So I think we can save that for a little bit later. But my actual background is I came into technology in the way of consulting. So I worked uh, and ran consulting teams for a long period of time, all focused on revenue teams, growing that revenue team, working directly with Salesforce.com. Um, ultimately moving into my own business that I ran as a CEO for six years, uh, focused on an area called revenue operations. I actually popularized that term. And revenue operations just means the team that is behind the scenes that's taking care of the frontline actors. So taking care of the sales, marketing, customer success people, making sure that we're focused on revenue growth as a primary output of the operational uh, work. Um, and sort of making sure that the customer uh, is at the center of it. And one thing that I really liked about reading about you know your podcast and your business is we are in the age of what I call uh, the personalized age, right? B2C companies are doing it where they know exactly who you are when you're looking at their products and they're giving you messages that are very explicitly to them. Um, and in the B2B world where I come from, that's still not really the way it's done. So I focused my career on helping mm. really large tech companies move closer to their customer and closer to a personalized experience, really built on the back of things like what real estate agents have uh, found to be successful and on the back of what B2C uh, good companies have found to be successful. And so uh, that's where I ended up at Breadcrumbs because after all of that, decided to build a platform that made that easier. Um, and at that company, I'm I'm running the sales marketing uh, customer success go-to-market functions. Well, I think a lot of people in real estate and probably other businesses, uh, small businesses at least, 
they're good. They're good at the personalized service when it's just small, when it's like them. Uh, but, if, but if people want to scale, how do you, how do you do that and maintain the high touch, you no know, personal type of communication? So yeah. that it doesn't feel like it's coming from some big company to, you know, that, that they're just one of many people. How do you, how do you, how do you do that at scale? <laughs> so, you know, um, segmentation becomes very important. So one size doesn't fit all, you know, um, some people, if you're like, say you're a small organization and your process has been to reach out to people, be very responsive. If you're working with a, someone who is more reserved, more, you know, put off by that kind of thing, maybe it's supplying them and nurturing them with content until they're ready to engage with you. It's, you know, buying a house in San Francisco is very different than buying a house in Missouri, right? The people that you're dealing with are, might not want to go on the tours. They might want all information processed to you digitally and then eventually sign up to, you know, do the open house thing and then, you know, buy, actually put a bid in the house and, and manage all that through technology. Whereas in Missouri, it might be a very different personalized experience of someone, you know, driving someone around from house to house. Those are different segments. But I also believe that within one locale, like in that Missouri example, there are probably different, um, different kinds of people within that. And you are probably good at servicing one of those kinds of people. And so it's really segmenting your data pool, those prospects to where you have the, the best chance to win, the, mo the highest likelihood of converting them uh, into being, you know, you're there, you know, using you to either sell or buy real estate. And then ultimately, you know, that your service fits them. You know, I see so many businesses, big and small and all sorts of kinds, try to go after the entire market and then their conversion rates are, you know, really down in the tanks because, you know, they have no process that maps to a specific segment. And so in lead scoring, which is the term that, you know, I'm mostly going to talk about here, lead scoring is the idea of two things. One is fit. So A, B, C, D, mean how good does that person fit your business, your processes? And then secondarily, how engaged are they? And, and are they showing um, frequency uh, and recency mean how are they on the site the mo in the most recent time and how long ago and how many times did they hit that you know that listing as an example and how can we bring those people to the top of the list so that we can go after them um from minute one and i think this is true in all businesses i think that what we don't like about technology what we think technology does um especially in businesses like this where it's high touch is disassociate us or move us further away from the customer in reality you could be using technology to give the best experience to the people who really are, you know, the right fit with the right kind of engagement to convert quickly. I don't think that's a dirty word. I don't think we should be hiding from that. I think that's really what those customers want. And they're going to, you know, experience your service and be appreciative and get referrals from that much better than if you kind of just blanket the whole thing with the same kind of uh, approach. I think, I think agents, real estate agents struggle with this concept because even though this is their ideal client, this is the person they should go after. I think they have a hard time turning down any business. <laughs> so yeah. how do you, how do you get a, around that? I think you, you need more of what you're good at. Right. But, mm -hmm. but, I, but I think there's well, a mindset issue as well. Yeah, there's a mindset issue and there's a data, lack of data issue, right? So the first thing that I would recommend to people who are listening to the show who are looking at lead scoring, and a lot of tools can do this, breadcrumbs lives outside of the CRM. And so it is a much less expensive uh, solution than other solutions that live in your marketing automation platform or your CRM platform if you're using those. 
um, and can hook up to your data sources. But the way that I would say that you can validate this with data and validating with data really does change your mindset is all of your leads can be scored and you can treat everyone the same for a period of time. Then go back and look and look at the conversion rate between the customers who were scored higher and the customers who were scored lower. And you'll realize that there was a lot of effort for little reward on the low end and a lot of, you know, and not as much effort on the high end. So one thing we talk a lot about in revenue operations and in the, in, you know, the, the theories that I uh, spouse, and I think real estate agents can live this too, is you're really looking at the LTV, the, the lifetime value of a customer, right? Not just that one transaction. So especially in real estate, we know that, you know, the person that you sell, you, they're going to refer you. And so there's a lifetime value that's pretty high for specific right fits in your model. And so I would say that you can just run these lead scoring programs built on things like, you know, how many times did they go to the listing? How frequently does it decay over time? Meaning that if you were really engaged a week ago, your score shouldn't be the same three weeks from now um, because you're not doing the same kind of activity on the websites or in the listings or however you're tracking your prospects. Um, and I think that over time, what you can do is look back at that and go, wow, I have a 26% closure rate on these A1 where they're the best fit and they're the most engaged. And I have a 5% closure rate on a D1, which means that they're engaged, but they're not really active buyers at per my services and what I what I put out there. Once you see that, you'll realize that you put the same amount of effort into each of those. What would happen if you put more effort into those A1s, those A2s, those A3s, those, those customers who are really the right fit and showing signs of engagement. And you'll find that you're actually generating more revenue off of each of those customers having a higher lifetime value. And then it kind of just clicks for people. So every time I brought them through this process, and I, believe me, I brought a lot of people kicking and screaming through this process. Uh, at the end of the process, what they find is it's not about saying no and turning down business. It's about actually opening your effort up to the business that you're more likely to win and trying to generate more customers who are like who are like that segment right and, and you know as much as you know i want to help you know organizations that are are relatively small or independent which maybe a lot of people listening to this podcast are independent but there is a reason why those other guys got to where they're at and this is a key component of their strategy of knowing which buyers which which people are going to buy with and, and how they can influence that buy, right? And that's how those organizations have scaled um, very successfully. And we're, we're talking about, you know, national organizations, but they didn't all start out that way. And so we have to really think about, you know, even if you are a small business, you are competing against more sophisticated organizations. And what we're talking about here from a sophistication standpoint is the kind of stuff that you actually know intuitively um, and, and you probably have the data on in your, in your database or off your website um, that you're just not utilizing. You know, all, every company I talk to, they have this website that is a, a, a treasure chest of content, is a treasure chest of engagement of, of how long someone sat on a page, how long they looked at something. Did they forward it to, you know, did they get the link and forward it to, you know, someone else? Like that whole process is engagement. And it's just sitting in people's, you know, back end because they, they never really util, realize that they could utilize that information for something that's going to make them money. Hey, that's a great thought, but let me get to this question that I just got from one of my followers uh, right to my phone. Uh, by the way, did you know you can text me at 703-215-1684 
This is a new thing I've rolled out. I'm letting my listeners and uh, people that subscribe and follow me on social media connect with me directly to my phone on text message. It's me answering them and, and responding. You can ask me anything about real estate, investing, business, whatever. Just text 703-215-1684 and I will respond to you. How, how do you do this in a predictive matter? Because I, I, could, I could have a client who buys a $500,000 home now, then uh, maybe they refer me a friend at that price level. Maybe in two years they sell that home and buy a million dollar home and refer me some more people. So, you know, after like three or four years, I can be like, all right, this this person brought in directly that I can see like one hundred and you know twenty thousand dollars of commission. But how do I how do I know that lifetime value or predict it like yeah. in year one instead of year five? Exactly, that's great. So this fit this demographic firmographic information is really valuable. Um, and so this is, you know, who the person is, their salary income, all of these kind of things that will lead to a demographic uh, perspective. Um, and then it will tell you, and again, this is about how you win. This is not about the client that's going to bring you the, that that is has the most money, right? And so the whole idea of lead scoring is not about finding the person who has the most money and then working with them. It's about finding the person that is the right fit for your service who is going to convert and who's going to spend money with you. So, you know, if you do really well with a certain demographic um, you're, and you have high conversion rates with them, you need to find more people like them. And that's how you're going to make money. It's not going after if you are a personal real estate agent and you know that there's money in commercial and you know you have no shot of winning and you're going to put a bunch of money into an RFP and all this other stuff to even win that business you probably are not going to go do that, even though that commercial real estate, you know, if they're going to buy, you know, 10 buildings in the next two years, maybe there's a lot of money to be made there, but not for you. Right. And, and so that is one of the things where people have to kind of understand this is about, again, that personalized match. Think of it as a dating site. Who am I going to win with and who are, am I going to actually have the highest conversion rate with match for that? So demographic firmographic information, which is available to everyone. All you need is an email address and you can enrich that through, you know, a tool like breadcrumbs or many, many data sources that will pull in uh, who they work for, how much, uh, what range they're in, what age range they're in. All of that stuff can be a predictive measure of other customers who are like them. Now that's called the fit, right? And that's uh, who you fit with. And your A fit may be someone else's D fit. It just depends on how well you're doing with a certain demographic and how you speak to them. So I have a friend that's in real estate in Brooklyn. She sends to sell to first time home buyers, you know, in the age of 30 to 40, investment banking, tech is kind of her thing. And so she really narrowed that focus down and found all of her A prospects that she could really go after and then be predictive that she would get a good closure rate with them, right? Because she had a historic closure rate with them. That's the first part. And that that's part of the model building. And really, that is where you work with someone on our end of breadcrumbs who when you buy the, you, you buy the software, they'll work with you to build a model. Or you might even know that, like you might be able to run through and say, okay, here's the people that I would like to target or that I know I'm good at targeting. Let's build a model. We get that fit in. I know I want to, you know, hit people who have been on a website uh, more than three times looking at a particular listing because I may want to prioritize on a particular listing. That's the engagement part of it. So that would generate that. But the key there after you've made that decision is sometimes we don't know what we don't know, right? And what you need and what you should be looking for if you're going to think about using a programmatic way of doing this like breadcrumbs is machine learning that's actually running behind the scenes 
and validating those assumptions. So if I thought in, in the case of the Brooklyn example, that it was uh, people in FinTech that I did really well with financial tech, and then it turns out over a series of time that those people are not closing, the system should be smart enough to recommend a change to who I score at the top of my heap, right? And this is a really good counterpoint. There are some systems which are called black boxes, and this is just, they spit out a score to you and you're just supposed to go, okay, thank you system. At breadcrumbs and me personally, I don't believe in that because what if, for the first five years of your business, you are doing single dwelling homes, and then you make a pivot purposefully to move into multi-unit homes, uh, and you wanna move into a different area, um, you're gonna have to tell a system that you wanna do that, right? And the system, if it's just a black box, is gonna tell you don't do that because you're not great at that. Well, some businesses need to expand. They make decisions based on the market that they see coming or things that computers can't predict yet. Um, but then after that, after you're running that for a while, Machine learning can come in and actually say, hey, we suggest that you change this or do that because you're having a better outcome. And so when you're looking for a piece of technology, you don't want artificial intelligence, which is kind of like that black box thing I'm talking about. What you want is something that's machine learning based that's actually learning over time based on sort of the credentials you set up. And if that all sounds techy and nerdy, um, all it means is you need to validate your assumptions either manually or with some kind of machine learning that's going to validate that after you put something in place, is it accurate? Am I actually getting the results I need? And that's why I typically say, let's just set up something and then we can look at your closure rates over time and figure out, well, that doesn't really fit because you know if someone's an A1, you should close them someplace in the realm of about 22% of the time. And if ultimately you see a conversion rate that's lower than 22%, then you can say, maybe my A1 is not really my A1, right? And maybe I need to change some of that. And if you have a system, it can get, make recommendations to you. If you're doing it on your own, you can just keep changing and fiddling with the formula until you get to the right closure rate. And then, you know, you're kind of honing in on something. And, and you know, a 22% closure rate of all A1s is pretty significant. It's a, usually for most businesses, it's between a 26 and 40% revenue increase, right? And so that's a very significant uh increase for business especially when they're working with customers who they already are winning with and, and what they're doing is just finding more customers that are like them at breadcrumbs we call it finding hidden revenue revenue that already existed that's already in your database because you already have these people viewing the website but because you're not classifying them because you're not telling that this person is like this other person you're not treating them like someone that you already have a great relationship with that you already know how to work with them you're treating them like they are you know an unknown source to you and they're really not an unknown source because uh, and, you know as much as people don't like to hear this behaviorally we all pretty much act or fall into specific uh kinds of behavior that can be analyzed and used for businesses benefit and i don't think it... that's a negative thing i think that's a very positive thing because it gives a better experience for the person on the other end how long does it take once once you you know typically start working with someone plugging into their their data sources or CRM yeah uh, how long does it take to basically start to kind of learn and and spit out recommendations if you will yeah yeah uh, great question so it really matters on your sales cycle I mean you know if from person looking at in the case of real estate the person looking at the listing, to close takes four weeks let's say in your area or if it takes eight weeks or 12 weeks it usually takes about that much time because you have to go through a, a deal cycle a couple deal cycles in order for the system to start to pick up and make recommendations and also for you to see the validation of your scoring anyway but the key here and this is where we usually start all of our things is we'll ask you for a list 
of your current, uh, you know, the customers you've closed over the last six months, right? And then we'll use that to pull demographic information, firmographic information, engagement information from your system. If you're using a CRM, if you're using HubSpot, if you're using uh, Salesforce, whatever CRM you're using, we'll pull information from that and we'll build a suggestive model based on historic historical reference. Right. And so you'll start to be able to trust that model immediately. And then within about a month or two month time, depending on, on the kind of business that you're in and what your deal cycle is, you'll actually start to get recommendations how, on how to optimize that. Gotcha. So this, this is something that, um, you know, it, it might not, it might not produce you results in a few weeks or a month or two, right. Not much will, but you know, we're talking a reasonable time, a couple sales cycles, so probably like six months to a year for most real estate agents where yeah. I mean, really right away, you what you, what right away, what you'll get. Hone in. Yeah. What, what happens right away I find in this process is I don't know how many of your audience are running ads and, and things like that, but looking at uh, your closed one business and then putting that through an algorithm and then finding the like segmentation things really help with things like Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn advertising that a lot of people are doing or however else you are, are acquiring customers that helps right away. Um, and that's a lot of information that people don't have because honestly, you can look at a bunch of customers and unless you have data scientists in your pocket, it's kind of hard to say like, what does Jason Reichel and Dan have in common? Right. Uh, and they both were one business, right? That's a little difficult to understand while you are the person doing the work within the business like if you are the agent if you are the ceo if you are the whatever you are you're kind of focused on the day-to-day -day, not these extractions that are happening that we are not even aware of in our business right most of us that are acting as independent contributors at any point in our business it's hard for us to take a step back and look at themes um, and so what I find is right away, you can get a boost to advertising. You'll see that advertising spend goes down while uh, conversion or click throughs go up. Right. Um, and that is a really big benefit for most people almost immediately. Hey, hold that thought for a minute. Do you have a client that needs to buy or sell a home in the DMV area? Then why not trust the highest selling team in the DMV, the Carrie Scholl team? We've helped thousands of buyers and sellers and would love to help your clients. And we guarantee we will save them time, money, and stress throughout the process. And they will be so grateful that you referred them to us. Go to carryshoal.com to learn more. Again, that's carryshoal.com to learn more about sending us your clients that need to buy or sell a home in the DMV area. That's carryshoal.com. What's What's the first step if, if a real estate agent is listening to this podcast, uh, wants to take advantage of, of capturing, you know, more, more revenue from the existing leads and clients that they already have, uh, yeah. explore this with you guys, uh, what do they need to do and, and what is that going to look like? Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to say that if you use breadcrumbs or not, it doesn't matter. This is the way that, uh, large ticket, B2B or B2C large ticket items are going, right? So this is not about breadcrumbs being a solution. We built breadcrumbs as a standalone solution so that you don't have to pay the exorbitant fees of 
buying a whole CRM to get this, what we're talking about today. We decoupled it from the CRM or marketing automation platform because not everyone needs the email blast to 100,000 people. You might not have that, right? But usually that's where this tech exists in those kind of tools. Um, and so what we would recommend is you go to breadcrumbs.io and breadcrumbs.io, um, you can sign up there and get a demo from one of our agents and we'll help you build the model. But if you were looking at on how to do this yourself, which you can make some steps to do, what you really need to look at is, you know, things like when did my last, uh, when did my lead last engage? Uh, when did I or a member of my team last engage? And what type of content does my lead engage with? These are kind of the three key things I think in your industry specifically that are important um, because we know that timeliness is a really important thing in, in real estate. Almost any kind of like uh, consumer driven uh, sale is, is really about these things. And then secondarily, what are they doing that makes you think that they are more likely to buy than not? And you can just create a hypothesis on, on these things and then look in your data and see, you know, the customers that you think fit within that. Um, so let's look for everyone that's engaged with us in the last month where we have not engaged with them in the last month where they have been on a listing more than two times. If you can start to ask yourself those questions and you can start to understand how this would be useful for you to make a call list or a tickler, this is the most fundamental basic version of this. And then you could also look at something like breadcrumbs that then could read that data and tell you, well, actually, yes, you have that list of 50 or 60 people maybe, but here are the top three and go spend your time on those top three, you know, reach out to them on a daily basis, call, call them, you know, do whatever you need to do on these other ones, just send them an email because they're probably not going to respond anyway. And that is how you operationalize that sort of intuitive nature that a lot of people in the industry already have. So breadcrumbs.io, you can find out a lot, but there is actually, if you type, you know, and I, and I looked through this to make sure that I, what, we're, what I was talking about was relevant to the audience. If you look up real estate lead scoring, there are a lot of sophisticated um, trainings that speak to this, except they have you doing all the work. So if you go to breadcrumbs, then, you know, obviously a system can do that work for you and it will make, it will speed up that process. Right. And so I think that's kind of how we could play in, but, you know, for you to figure out if this is useful for you, you need to know that you have contacts, you know, that, that who want to engage, you have to know that you don't have all the time in the day and you don't have enough resources to really give them the attention they deserve. And so in that case, it probably means that you are in a place where you are get, where you are getting more engagement than you have time to engage with, or you can't respond, end up going with another broker, right? Those are the kind of, if you have those business problems and you think you have those business problems, then this is a really great solution for you from a, from a theoretical standpoint. Breadcrumbs is a practical application of that so that you can get it up and running because it's just technology. But really, I think you need to know that you're uh, that you have the right kind of problem for this, um, and so that that's what I would recommend to, to people who are just getting started with this or thinking, "Hey, is this interesting to me?" Well, I, I love how it's, it allows you to focus more of your time on the more valuable clients, leads, prospects, and and even if you are good at this intuitively, I think it's going to be hard to scale, and this allows you to do that at scale. Um, so I love it and, and love the content and value you've brought today, Jason. Before I wrap up, I always end with a hyper fast around if you're ready for some rapid fire questions. And Absolutely. Answers. Let's do it. Yep. All right. What's your biggest piece of advice to a new real estate agent? <laughs> um, I think that 
it was a big swing, uh, you know, like when all those HGTV shows and stuff showed up, uh, people getting into real estate um, because they liked houses or they liked dealing with people. I would say that my biggest uh, advice to people is that you have to be able to engage with this as a business in order to be successful because it is a business. It is not customer service. It is not any of those things. It is a business and the business is getting people into homes, which is a very fulfilling job but you need to treat it like a business. And so if the stuff I'm talking about, you're like, I have no idea how to even get started on that. I would urge you to really dive into what it takes to scale a business. Because even if you wanna be just by yourself, I'm sure that five years from now, 20 years from now, you don't wanna be putting so as much effort into your business today as you are 20 years from now. Everybody will get burned out by that. So treat your, treat your real estate business as a business from day one, um, try to be technology savvy because I think it actually will make your life easier in the long run. Um, and, and don't be afraid that, you know, what you're getting yourself into is your own little independent business. Even if you're a small real estate agent, if you work for one of the big guys, use technology to really build your book of business, right? It's very hard for real estate agents who are starting out to really build a solid book of business on their own. And I think that's kind of the big thing that you need to do if you ever want to move away from one of the big guys and, and go out on your own, or even if you want to be one of the top agents in one of the big guys, you kind of have to know what your secret sauce is. I hear so many people and I've known so many people in real estate who say, you know, oh, I went into it because I love XYZ, but they never really build that book of business because there's nothing that they're doing that's really um, value differentiating their business. What's the biggest challenge you've had in business and how did you overcome it or what did you learn from it? Um, that's a, I have to think about how honest to be in this. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 the biggest thing is about partnering with the right people. Um, and then holding on to ideas well past they're not working. I think it's very easy for the sunken, uh, what's it? The sunken uh, sunk cost, sunk cost fallacy to yeah. emerge in your business. And I think a business is a living, breathing entity onto itself. And you need to understand if you are, you know, are you extinguishing the fire or are you, or, or are you igniting the fire? And I think it's really, really hard talk you have to have with yourself. And so I've learned, uh, you know, and I, and I do help entrepreneurs all the time that things like visioning and understanding, you know, where you're going and, and things that you can relate back to and where you want to be in three to five years are extremely helpful for you letting go of the things that you think might work now that aren't actually working and experiment and move on to new things that will help you in the future. Right. Uh, again, a lot of human psychology is about novelty and being there first. And so, you know, if you're doing the same thing that everyone else is doing, it's very hard to stand out. Um, if you are, you know, just copying a template, it, you're going to have to work extra hard on it. So I would say that you need to have a vision for yourself and you need to know what's authentically you and you need to go for it. And, you know, if anyone's ever interested in that, there's a great book um, called the lapse anarchist guide to business that people can pick up, which is really, really helpful for building long-term vision statements that actually are like a compass to your business. All right. Last question. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? Um, I see myself actually, you know, one of the things that I, I'm working on is a, uh, I have a, uh, myself and a business partner have an idea for, um, I have to be careful what I say, because in tech world, we have to be really stealthy about what, what we're talking about. But I do think that we're going to see, um, you know, Airbnb and other kinds of things have kind of taught us that like, you know, the traditional idea of 
what you buy and then how you make money off it is different. And I think real estate agents are, you know, latched onto that and are helping people buy those houses. But I actually think that what we're going to see is a brick and mortar shift um, and where people want to buy in different kinds of environments. Um, and so I'm working on a platform that would enable organizations to, um, to turn their space into a shoppable space. And that directly ties into the real estate market, how, how homeowners can get more money off each square footage that they have and things like that. So uh, I'm working on that and I'm hoping that in, uh, in 10 years, that company is synonymous with, uh, with the real estate world and with the um, like Airbnb, Verbo kind of world. Amazing. Well, I, I look forward to hopefully seeing that come to fruition. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Jason. If people want to get in touch with you, connect with you, learn more about breadcrumbs, how should they do that? Uh, breadcrumbs.io. We have really great uh, sales engineers on there. And what I mean by sales engineers are people who have built models for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of businesses that will walk you through the process and look at your data and, and walk you through what's going to work. If you want to reach out to me, it's Jason Reichel, R-E-I-C-H-L. I'm very active on LinkedIn and post a lot of things that can help entrepreneurs. So check me out there. Thank you so much for tuning in. We can't wait to see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyperfat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyperfat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests and improve our shows. So give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.